0: Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon and the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 89 of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm talking with Sarah Anderson about creating a welcome sequence for your email list. We go into a lot of detail in this episode about why you need a welcome sequence, what you can include, how you can set it all up, and really making sure that this is another way that you are serving your clients and giving them as much value as you can in a way that's automated so you aren't spending a ton of time working on it. Sarah Anderson is a copywriter and email marketing strategist. She believes that building a relationship with your list is one of the most valuable investments you can make in your marketing. That's why Sarah works with business owners who want emails that nurture subscribers, give tons of value, and convert into sales. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Samantha. I'm so excited to be here. So I read your bio at the top of the show, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, and what you do?
1: yeah hey i am sarah anderson as you introduced me and i am an email strategist and copywriter uh, so i work with coaches and consultants and experts and course creators and people that are ready to sell more of their courses and programs and services with automated email sequences uh, and i'm based in colorado just outside denver I grew up here and can't imagine really living anywhere else it's just so beautiful i love <laughs> love colorado and denver area and how I got started in copywriting was kind of a roundabout way. So uh, I started on on my journey and online business with an Etsy shop, actually. Uh, so I was selling hand-dyed yarns on Etsy because I am an obsessive knitter. I love knitting. I've loved crafting and creating stuff. And uh, that's when I got started. I thought, okay, I'm going to try this out. And, you know, I knew how to create this stuff and put it up for sale, but then that's the whole thing. You have to figure out how to actually sell stuff. Cause uh-huh. if you just put it out there, people don't just flood to your shop. So that's when I started learning everything I could about online business and online marketing. And that's when I got into learning, you know, doing better photos, better product descriptions. I started doing an email list then for my business and was really seeing some great results and still just trying to soak up as much as I could about that. And I remember I was on a webinar and the person, talking on the webinar, shared Ash Amberger and the Middle Finger Project. And I had never heard of her, but when I heard that name, I was like, okay, I have to check this out. Like what is going on here? And that's when I first learned about like what copywriting was and that people would pay you to do it for them. Cause I was doing it for my own business, but I didn't realize that other people weren't just doing everything in their business. Cause I was doing all of the parts of my, my business. Uh, and when I learned about copywriting, I thought, Oh, this is something I might want to do because I had been an English major in college and I was really confident in writing, uh, and so I started learning about that. And I actually transitioned full time into copywriting a couple years after that and gave up the the yarn business um, and started copywriting. And when I was first started getting into copywriting, I was just kind of a general copywriter. I was doing web copy a lot and just kind of whatever people needed. And then I switched to emails kind of as an experiment because I was sort of like frustrated. I didn't love writing about pages. I didn't really like what I was doing. So I thought, let me try emails. I haven't really done them a lot before, but you know, I know people, people need them. And I sent out an email to my list and I got a couple clients right away and people really liked my work. They were getting really good results. One of my clients, I actually saw a 15% bump in open rates after she started using my emails. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to keep going with this. And I went all in on email probably like last year. So. And that's kind of how I got started in this.
0: Awesome. I think it's so funny. There are a lot of people, it seems like, get started with Etsy shops for craft kind of things. And I tried one, too, and did not sell anything. But it seems like that's where a lot of businesses come from because you think it's going to be easy, and then you realize there's a whole lot more that goes into it.
1: Yeah. And it's a really good kind of training ground because you have the like setup in place there. It's easy to list stuff, but then if you want to actually sell and stand out, it's, there's a lot to learn, but there are a lot of good resources too. And it can kind of set you up for another business journey possibly.
0: Yeah. So today we're talking about welcome sequences for emails and we've already done an episode earlier about just email lists in general. So I thought talking about like this welcome sequence getting people who have just subscribed to your email list and kind of warming them up, doing all of that would be really interesting. So we have the next step that we take. We've all heard you need an email list. We put our sign up on our website and then we have no idea what to do with it. So why do we need a welcome sequence for those people who sign up for our email list?
1: Yeah, so the welcome sequence is like one of my favorite sequences. And I think it's one of the most important ones to have in your business, like if you don't have any sequences, start with a welcome sequence because it really does set the whole tone for the relationship you have with your new subscribers. And it's a really great way to set their expectations and outline a journey that you want to take them on to bring them from stranger to like your new business, BFF. Uh, and so when someone joins your list, that's usually when they're the most excited to hear from you. You know, they opted in for your freebie, they raised their hand and said, Yes, I want to hear more. And I think it's really important to honor that by following up with them and not just kind of leave them out like, okay, here's the freebie. Maybe you'll hear from me again. Maybe you won't. Um, And it's just such a great way to connect with someone when they're in that space of wanting to connect with you. Um, And it's really your chance to make a good first impression and start this relationship off on the right foot and you can use it to get to know them and you can use it to let them get to know you and really like, get a better understanding of who is actually in your audience so that you can serve them better.
0: All right. So what do you have when you work with people? Like, what is the ultimate goal of this sequence that they're writing? What are we supposed to be working towards in these emails to kind of do more than just say hi and make sure they get the freebie that's delivered?
1: Yeah. So when I work with clients, it really depends on what their goal is and how they, you know, see this sequence in with how it fits into the rest of their marketing. And you can really approach it a lot of different ways and have, you know, whatever different goal you choose for your welcome sequence. So, you know, you can have the traditional nurture sequence, which really the goal is giving a lot of value, getting to know them, getting them to know you. And with that, you might be, you know, offering them additional free resources. You might be inviting them to a Facebook group. You might be asking them questions. You might be uh, sending them, you know, your best blog posts, different things like that, that where you're not actually sending them, you know, to a sales page. You're not trying to sell them, which I know makes some people uncomfortable. We'll talk about that later. I think we're going to get into sales, but it's a really great approach doing a straight up nurture sequence. If you don't have anything for sale um, or you're not sure yet what you want to send people to, or if you do like traditional open closed launches where you're like launching twice a year and you don't want to be like selling outside of that. Uh, That's a really great goal to have is just like nurturing and really getting to know them and and really offering them your best. Uh, Another goal you can take is moving towards a sale. So that could be, you know, you have like an intro product that you want every subscriber to see that you offer them. It could be inviting them to a webinar. Maybe you have like an evergreen webinar that you, you know, run all the time and it pitches something, but it's still a lot of value to offer them that free training and it could even be inviting them to book a call you know after they get to know you maybe you let them know hey if you'd like to work with me some more here's how we can do that so it really depends on your goals and the big picture of how your email list fits into all of your marketing but if you don't really know how it fits into it a great place to start is with a nurture sequence
0: okay and it sounds like either way you're doing it kind of whatever your goal is what you're trying to do here is just give them even more value so that they get to know you, you can connect with them, and you really want to share all of the things that you've been doing so that it's more than just that one PDF download that they signed up for.
1: Absolutely. And you really want to be making like giving them so much value and kind of training them to see your emails or the emails that they want to open so that, you know, when they see you, when you are selling something down the the road, maybe they know your name, they recognize you and they know that you send great emails and that you're someone that they want to follow. And it's not just like, who is this person again? I don't remember. I think I downloaded something from them like a month ago, but, you know, I I forget because I have so many things in my inbox.
0: Yeah, I think we all have those emails that we look for every week, and so the goal here is to become that person for somebody.
1: Definitely, and there's like a lot of people that are on your list that probably would be super fans and you just kind of need to give them that chance to to get to know you and share what you're doing.
0: Okay, so when we talk about this, what needs to be included in an email sequence like this? So what types of emails should we be sending? How often should we be sending them? How does this kind of all come together so that we're welcoming people, but we're not overwhelming them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think that is uh, something that people worry about is I don't want to send them too many emails. And so to talk about the frequency, I usually do suggest to clients that they email people a bit more frequently to start because again, people are usually the most excited to hear from you at the beginning. They're looking for your emails. They're in their inbox, looking to see when that freebie comes uh, and your welcome email. And usually some of the other emails that come after have the highest open rates that you'll see, you know, especially compared to like your normal broadcast emails. So I think it's really good to take advantage of that and email people a little bit more frequently at the start. And you don't have to do daily emails. I know that that's not right for a lot of people. But there is a popular formula, the Fibonacci sequence that I've seen. A lot of people use that for email spacing. So if you're not familiar, it's like, you know, the first day you would send like one email and then it's like one, one, two. Three, five. So that's kind of the days you'd you'd spread it out. So like the first day you'd send two emails, the second day you'd send one, the third day you'd send one. Then the next one comes on the fifth day, then the next one on the eighth day, and you kind of just go along with that and sort of gently taper them off. Um, So that's a way to do it where you can kind of you know hit them a little bit more at the beginning where they're excited. They're not, and that's the thing you have to like look at it in a mindset way of you're not like overwhelming them, hitting them with tons of emails. You're sending them really valuable stuff that they want to see so that's kind of you have to take that kind of shift to to, if you want to email more frequently and then as far as what types of emails to send you can send so many different things in a welcome sequence like something that i really love doing in mine and for my clients is asking people a question and telling them to reply because it's such a great way to get to know your subscribers like you can ask them what are you struggling with around this topic and you'll get like such insightful answers that you can use, you know, to create content around that, you can use for future emails, you can use to create an offer or a product if you don't have something that serves that. And you'll start to see patterns of things that come up all the time. Uh, I also really like sending segmenting emails. So that's like an email that ask subscribers to kind of tell you a little bit more about who they are. Like maybe you have like three links that, you know, pick the one that best describes you and then you can use your email software to tag them so that you're just learning again about who is actually on this list and it'll help you follow up better so that you'll know, okay, I have, you know, this group of people that are like in their first year of business. So they need something different than people that are five years in another great option to do for like, a nurture sequence is to ask them to follow you on social media. Cause that might be the next step for them. You know, they're, they see you on your inbox, but maybe you're doing really cool stuff on Instagram or you do, you know, weekly Facebook live, let them know about that and ask them, you know, if they'd like to follow you there. Something else you can share is, talk about who you are, what you do, how you help, who you serve. Cause you don't really know how they found you. They may have been like following you for a while or they may have just seen an ad or they may have been recommended by someone and you don't really know. So you don't want to assume that, Oh, everyone knows about me. They're sick of hearing about me. They don't want to know. Um, just like let them know a little bit, like kind of give them like the TLDR. Like this is what you need to know. Like I'm happy to have you here. You, you know, um, and add them into the loop on that. Another great email is to set expectations, telling them you know, how often they're going to hear from you, what you'll send. You can do this at the beginning of the welcome sequence. You can. I also sometimes do it at the end of the welcome sequence when I'm transitioning them more into the regular newsletter segment so that kind of like maybe they've been hearing from me a little bit more during the welcome sequence, but then I'm going to say, okay, from now on you can look forward to an email every week. You can look out for my emails Wednesday mornings and really let them know like, this is the next step. This is you know what you can expect from me. Another great thing is inviting them to ask you a question. So you can ask them questions, but you can also say, do you have questions for me? And that again can be great fodder for content. And it can also be a great way to really start a one-on-one conversation because you can reply back to that email. And people love it when you reply back because they don't expect you to actually do it. And if you have a smaller list, like you absolutely should reply back it gets kind of out of hand if you have like thousands and thousands of people on your list. But if you've got, you know, like less than a thousand, definitely reply to those emails. Um, and then finally we talked about this, of uh, sharing value, but share your best resources, you know, share videos that you've done, share your blog posts, share, you know, different challenges or other things that you've put together. Cause I'm sure you have stuff that you've done in the past and just cause you did it, you know, a year ago or six months ago, doesn't mean you can't share it with new subscribers cause there's a good chance they haven't seen it yet.
0: Yeah. I love all of those ideas. And I think it helps to hear that there are so many things that you can share Mm -hmm. so that we don't feel like, okay, I have nothing to talk about. I don't want to just send them an email that says, hi, you know, this is my name. But there's a lot you can include. You can go back to the old blog posts and resources that you've created and send those as emails so that you're not even doing that much extra work. You're just kind of repurposing things that you've already done.
1: Definitely. And that's one of the things like when, you know, people get kind of bogged down by, oh, it's like a lot of work and they might be overwhelmed by just like trying to put together the sequence, but you really can mine from your past content archives and find so much good stuff that you can repurpose.
0: Part of what it takes to run a successful online business is having the right tools for the job. I'm sharing a list of all of the tools I use in my business in my toolbox. And you can find that at lemoninthesea.com slash my dash toolbox to download it now. These include tools that I use for podcasting, designing, running my business, and other things. So you can get a real inside look at everything that I use every day in order to serve my clients well and grow my business. Again, you can find that at lemoninthesea.com slash my dash toolbox. Do you find if you ask questions and emails that you get a lot of responses
1: to those? You know, it depends. Like I've done it for my own list and I do get, you know, several people that will reply, but it's not like, I don't know percentage wise. It's not a lot, you know, but it is, I do get those replies and I do, you know, see those subscribers. Some of them then reply to other emails, you know, they just, cause you know, if I reply back, it feels like, Oh, I see you. And uh, they feel more connected and they continue that conversation. So it's something that I would say experiment with because definitely people do reply to them. I know sometimes, you know, people think, "Oh, this is just an automated email," but some people, some people either don't realize that. I think most people do now, but some people still, you know, realize there is another person on the line on the other side of it. You know,
0: yeah. And I think when you have something like that, I have a it's not in my welcome sequence, but when somebody signs up for my freebie, they get taken to a thank you page. They can submit like the thing they're struggling with on their website, and I'll go in and review it. And it always surprises people to hear back from me, like that I actually took the time to look at their website and give them some comments. And it builds that relationship. And it's actually led to clients for me because I'm showing them my expertise. I'm being more personal than just an email sequence. And you can do that when somebody chooses to, you know, engage with you a little bit further.
1: Yes. Oh, I love that. Or something else that I've done um, when someone like responds with a question or like, you know, they like need help with something that's like quick for me. I sometimes will make them like a little loom video where you just get on and like talk to them a couple minutes. And it's so like people are so surprised and they love it. And it's such a great way to connect with someone like that because they don't expect you to go above and beyond like that.
0: Yeah. And do you have any kind of rule of thumb as far as, should these be really long emails with a ton of content? Should they be short and to the point? Like what seems like it works best when you're sending emails more frequently in a welcome sequence?
1: Yeah, I usually go for shorter emails because, especially if you're going to be sending them more often, people don't want to like sit through and read a long email. And also if you're like, pointing them to another piece of content, you don't need like a 500 word email to then point them to like a 2000 word blog post. Like you can just send a quick email. Uh, typically though, for my welcome sequences for myself and for my clients, the emails are usually between like 200 to 500 words. So they're not long and they don't need to be, you know, like this huge epic thing that you have to write every, you know, for like a sequence of five emails or whatever.
0: Okay. That's helpful to know because I think Again, that can be overwhelming to think I have to sit down and write basically another blog post as an email, but it's really, you know, getting to the point, sharing this information and then sending it to them because that's the way people consume email.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because when you think about like your own consumption habits, like for me, I'll be like looking at my phone and kind of like flipping through things kind of quickly and scrolling. And you know, when you think about all the scrolling people have to do, like they don't want to scroll through something super long when you're like looking at your phone. So make it easy to consume and make it, you know, meet them where they are and how they might be consuming your email. You don't know necessarily how all of your subscribers are, but I think in general, people prefer shorter emails. I mean, the, the exception would be for like sales Sequences, but you know, those ones can get pretty long, and that's okay for those. But for a welcome sequence, I think short is perfectly fine.
0: All right, so all of that's kind of looking at nurture sequences, but we can also sell in a welcome sequence, and you talked about that. So, how do we sell in these very first emails that somebody's getting from us without feeling like we're being pushy or trying to do too much too quickly?
1: Yeah. So I think how you'll do it will sort of depend on your own sort of feelings around sales. So if you feel really squeamish around it, you probably don't want to do like a full kind of launch sequence, which is what I I do for some clients where it's kind of like a hybrid. It's between like an evergreen sales sequence. It's like an evergreen sales sequence. It's kind of like a nurture sequence slash launch sequence. So, and those I include like I'll do like a few warm-up emails, getting to know them, kind of, you know, sharing some of the extra value and things. And then I'll move into kind of the sales sequence where we're including emails, like busting objections, kind of going through those things that they might be, you know, thinking in their head and meeting them there, sharing this like really cool offer that they have, going through case studies and testimonials, going through FAQs and even doing sort of closing emails, depending on how they have it set up. Like some clients will do like deadline funnel where it actually does open and close and some will just be like an evergreen offer that, you know, it's not closing, but if you wait now, this is what you're missing out on kind of thing. Um, and so that usually would work better too if you have like something like a webinar or, or something like that to lead into it. Um, because that makes it feel a little bit more valuable and less pushy, like you're giving some more before you're asking them again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, even that, I would not jump into that right off the bat. I would do some of that warm up first. But if that feels like, oh, okay, I don't want to go that route, like, that doesn't feel comfortable to me, you can do it where you're a little bit more casual with it and you're just kind of using the welcome sequence to let them know what you have to offer. Like, maybe towards the end, they've gotten to know you. Like, let them know the next step. Like, let them know how to work with you, what you do. This is a problem I see with some people that seem like so afraid of selling an email that after a while, I don't even remember what they do, like what their business is, what their services are, uh, because they're so focused on, oh, I want to share another blog post or I want to share more value. And you have to kind of remind people how to work with you if you want them to hire you. So you can just make it an email at the end of the sequence. like. You know, offering them the next steps, letting them know maybe you have like different tiers of services or you just want to off- invite them to, you know, come on for a discovery call. And if it doesn't work like that, then you'll know and maybe need to sell a little bit more or you may- maybe need to offer that at a different point in the sequence. But you'll never know unless you actually try it and test it out. But it doesn't have to be like a huge, big sales sequence. It can be kind of like, you know, I don't want you to treat it as an afterthought, but it can be kind of like something towards the end where, like, okay, you've gotten to know me. Here's how we can move to the next step.
0: Yeah. And I think it's really good to remember that these people who sign up for your email list, they wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. They understood that that's what they were signing up for. And so they're interested in your services or your products or whatever it is. So it's kind of our job to say, just a reminder, like, this is what I offer. This is how you could hire me. I have openings. If you offer a service, like, it's good to let people know that you're even taking on Yeah, you're
1: available. So they also, they have a problem that they want to solve. That's probably why they signed up for your list because they are struggling with something that you could probably help them with. And so if you never give them that opportunity, like that is doing them a bit of a disservice. So like you say, it is kind of our job to let them know, Hey, this is how I can help you and let them make that decision. Right. Do
0: you have an opinion or have you seen Whether it works better to have kind of a lower priced offering like a webinar or, you know, like a small guide, or can we do this if we're leading into a bigger service that's a larger investment?
1: You know, I've seen it work both ways. I've seen, you know, people have tripwire products where it's like, you know, something less than $30 where people are signing up for something you know, the really small investment That's people, I mean, there's two, there's different schools of thought, you know, where you get them on this little offer and then they're more likely to buy your next big offer. But I've also seen people like that are selling like high ticket items from brand new subscribers. Like I know of this woman who she has a $5,000 program. She sends them to a webinar, asks them to sign up for a call and then offers them and she's doing really well with it. So it's not like, okay, I can't sell my big high ticket services, or, you know, I need to sell, put together a product, you know, you could do either way. You can even do affiliate stuff. If you don't have a product, you could say like, you know, have, maybe you want to offer an affiliate for your favorite service that you use all the time. You can do that too.
0: That's good to know that because I think a lot of us actually start out with services and we are busy doing that. We, we don't have to create a product that's kind of an intro level thing in order to do this. We can talk about those bigger services that we're offering to people as long as we're just presenting it in the right way.
1: Yeah. And I would think about how you're selling services now. So if you are usually, you know, booking a call with people and selling them kind of on the call or getting to know them and then seeing if they're a good fit, I would use that same process for your emails. So rather than like trying to send them to a checkout page and say, buy this package, you know, ask them, would you like to connect on a call and sell the same way that it's working? Or if you do the other way where you do just send people, you know, send them straight to the checkout, if that's what, what works in your business.
0: Okay. So what are some objections that you hear when it comes to creating a welcome sequence like this?
1: So sometimes people think that they don't need one because well i'm going to be sending regular newsletters, so I don't need a welcome sequence because i 'm going to be nurturing subscribers that way which okay if that's if that's how you're going to do it like that's fine, but there is a lot of room for like life happening, and you don't get your newsletter out and I just think it's also a really nice way to kind of before you throw people in the to your regular newsletter, let them get to know you, let them go through this experience and really kind of you know, plan out this experience for them so that they have a really nice journey of getting to know you and your business. A lot of people also say that, well, I don't know what to say. I have no idea what to send. Like, you know, what do I even tell tell people after I give them the freebie? And, you know, for that, we've talked about a lot of different ideas already that you can go through. And then a lot of people too get really overwhelmed by it. And they think I don't have time to put together some huge funnel. You know, I don't, I don't know how many emails I need. And for that, I'd just say this really doesn't have to be a big deal, you know, because there's a lot of people that aren't doing anything. So if you have one or two emails following up, like you're already doing better than most people. If you have three to five emails, like that's going to put you way ahead. And if you want to get fancier, you can go for it. You can plan out more of these like sales focused ones. But I would just say, don't let like getting it perfect keep you from doing one at all, because you can really do a lot with a small welcome sequence. and. And you'll see once you get it going, like you can go back and revisit it after, you know, it's been running for a little while and you have some data on, you know, what are the open rates, what are the unsubscribes, like where are people interacting with me, where do I need to do some more of that. So it's better, I think, to get something out than to just let your perfectionism keep you from doing it at all.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and I love that you had mentioned that these are people who signed up for your email list. They're most excited to hear from you at the very beginning, so we might as well take advantage of that with at least a couple of emails, just letting them get to know us, learning a little bit more about them so that we can serve them better because that's ultimately what we're trying to do as business owners and doing that in an email that, you know, helps people to reply back to us or answers their questions or helps them solve an issue in their business just puts us kind of above the other people who either aren't sending those emails or who aren't helping them in their business.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's what you really want to do is you can approach it from being a better service provider or being of more service to your audience. And when you look at it that way, then maybe that can help get over some of the objections of I'm afraid to email people or, you know, I don't know what to say or I I don't want to, you know, send stuff. Okay. So
0: how do we set up this kind of in our email platform so that they get the right emails at the right time? I know this is a little bit techie, so I'll probably link to some tutorials, but basically how should that all work and, and how do we make sure that they're getting what they need to when it's the right time?
1: Yeah, so the techie part is it's going to be different in every uh, email provider. So, but the main key here is segmenting. So you want to make sure that your subscribers are tagged correctly so that they are getting just your welcome emails and they're not going into like your regular broadcast emails so I like to tell this story about this time that I signed up for a list and I got four emails within six hours because they sent me the lead magnet in an email then they sent me the welcome email and then I got thrown into like the final hours of their launch so that I was getting emails oh, no. like, three hours left why haven't you bought yet and I just unsubscribed because it was such a bad experience and <laughs> when you think about that as a new subscriber it is not the right time to be like sending these heavy pressure FOMO filled closing emails. And that's what happens if you're not segmenting people out from a welcome sequence, um, if you're sending them all the emails that you send to everybody. So you want to avoid this by excluding people in your welcome emails from your other emails um, so that they can go through that uninterrupted. And then when they finish that sequence, they get tagged and moved into the next segment or to your regular newsletter or however you have it set up. So for me, I use ConvertKit and I actually just have a tag that's a newsletter tag. So when someone completes my welcome sequence, they get that tag added. And then when I send out regular broadcast emails, I make it, I segment it. So it's only going out to people with the newsletter tag so that those people that are in the sequence, they don't have that tag. They're not going to get that email and they can go through and then they get added to that sequence when it's the right time.
0: Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And especially sending people launch emails, they're just signing up for an email list if you're trying to send them launch emails and they just signed up, that's a whole different sign up thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's like, and and that's when people that are, th- that like don't want to have a welcome sequence because they're like, well, I'll just send people regular emails. Like that still can happen where you don't know when someone's going to sign mm-hmm. up for your list. They're not going to like stop signing up for your list just because you're in the middle of a launch. So if you want to kind of, have them have that best experience. You know, you might end up still having some people that after they end the welcome sequence, they get into the newsletter tag while you're doing a launch. But at that point, they have gotten to hear from you several times. And it's not just like out of the blue, I don't know this person. And now they're pushing me to buy this thing.
0: Right. That makes a lot. I think that makes a lot of sense. And that is another reason that a welcome sequence is helpful is because That way, whenever they jump into your regular list, list, no matter what you're talking about, they kind of already are acquainted with you. They know what you do. They already know that you're bringing them value. And so it's not going to feel as jarring to jump into something that might be in the middle of a launch or in the middle of a series you've been sending out because they've kind of gotten a feel for you and your business.
1: Right. And you probably won't have that immediate reaction of like, this is gross. I'm going to unsubscribe because like they have that feeling for you and they're not just like getting this from a stranger.
0: Okay. So you mentioned this a little bit, but where do people go after they complete your welcome sequence? Like what kind of email can we be sending to the people that have gone through all of that and now they're on our regular email list?
1: So yeah, you want to, once you go through the welcome sequence, you want to just not forget about them and not just drop off the face of the earth. So you want to continue building that relationship with regular emails. And as far as like frequency, I always say like the minimum is at least two times a month if you're going to email people, like at least email them every other week because if you do it less often, it's there's more likelihood that they're not going to remember or they're not going to see every email. So if you can do it that much, great. If you can do it more often, that's even better. Um, But the most important thing is to pick a frequency that's going to work for you and for your target audience and commit to it. And you know, if you're going to send a weekly email on Friday mornings, like make sure that's an appointment in your calendar that you're going to do. Uh, And then as far as what to send, you can send a lot of different things. Think about things you're doing on other platforms, You know your blog posts, if you're making videos, if you're doing Facebook Live or webinars, you know podcast interviews, stuff that you're sharing on Instagram that could be expanded into an email. This is all great content to pull from because most people aren't going to be following you everywhere. Uh, so you can really use your emails to kind of distribute this content that you're already putting together to another audience. And you might have a small portion of your audience that is a super fan and Follows you everywhere, but hopefully, if they're that into you, they're not going to be upset by seeing it more than once. Um, Another thing that I love sending in emails is I love to write story-based emails. So this can be stuff that's happening behind the scenes in your business. It can be stuff that's not even related to your business. It can be something that you tell a story and then relate it to something in your business. Um, It's really fun way to lead into an offer or just an insight, just like some teaching that you can do, and then. You also want to be making offers to your list. I would say, unless you're doing like big launches, like you say, okay, I I only launch in like March and September. If you're just like doing services and you want to be getting more clients in, you should be sending offers to your list pretty regularly. Um, and I would say, you know, you can follow the 80 20 rule if you're like worried about sending too many sales. So that's about like one in five emails is a pitch. And that's really less than once a month. So people shouldn't be, upset by hearing about you that often. And cause really your email list is to support your business. It's not just like pen pals with friends. So you do want to be making offers to people pretty regularly.
0: That's a good reminder too, is that like, even as this is ongoing, you still need to be reminding people of how they can hire you or purchase from you, because that is what this is supposed to be doing for your business. If you're just sending somebody an email every week, that might be fun, but it's not benefiting you in the long run, and usually it costs money because you're paying for the platform that you're on
1: exactly so yeah it's not just you know you don't want to just be sending emails for fun, and a lot of people are not going to be ready to hire you after your welcome sequence, but you don't want to write them off because you know you can nurture them for a long time i have I have a client that I'm working with now that I made an offer email, and she contacted me, and she's been following me and been on my list for a year and a half, so it's not like something that, okay, if they don't buy from you from the beginning, they're never going to buy from you, but you want to continue to let them know you're available and how they can work with you.
0: Okay. Awesome. So can you give our listeners three action steps that they can take to start working on this welcome sequence and getting it all put together?
1: Yes. So number one, I would decide on a goal for the welcome sequence. So whether that is you want it to just be a nurture sequence. You want them to apply for a call, promote your intro offer, whatever. You want to kind of map out where these emails are leading them to. And then once you have that in place, you can start to plan the purpose for each email. So you don't want to just start writing and just say, okay, I got to write like five emails here to get them to apply for a call. You want to kind of pick a goal for each email. So, you know, and these are what, are called like micro conversions. So it's like a little step that you're asking them to take where you're not asking them to buy something, but all these little micro conversions are, you know, getting them in the habit of taking action in your emails. So these can be really small things. It can be like, you know, follow me on Instagram or or hit reply or click through to watch this video. And then you can go to bigger asks, like book a discovery call, visit the sales page, um, those kind of things. So that's what you want to kind of think out for the sequence is the big goal and then the purpose for each email. So the little goal for each email, And then once you have those things kind of planned out, you should schedule a time to write and give yourself a deadline because if you don't do that, it's probably just going to get put off. You know, every week things get busy. You don't have time. So schedule it in your calendar and give it yourself a deadline. And just remember, you know, that these emails don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be long. You can make them really short. You can make them really easy. You can pull from stuff you already have and just kind of Frankenstein together a sequence. If you don't have a lot of time, Um, And then you can start putting them out there and testing them and then going back and changing them once you have some data on how they're performing.
0: All right. Awesome. So we always wrap up with the same questions. And my first one is, can you give us an example of how serving your clients well has benefited your business?
1: Yeah. So for me, the biggest example is probably referrals. So most of my clients this year have found me through referrals. And that is because I think when you give a client a really great experience, they remember you and they're happy to share your name with people. And so for me, I have, you know, like a streamlined process that I follow for projects for onboarding and for, you know, the the project process that we go through with every client. And it really makes clients feel taken care of, uh, right away from the onboarding process. it's like, okay, this person knows what they're doing. They're going to, you know, be here along the way and not like disappear. Um, and it really builds a lot of trust right away. And then as we work together, we get to kind of connect more and then we, you know, get to know people cause I'm working with people for several weeks usually. Um, and then I also try and add little like bits of surprise and delight along the way, like little surprise gifts and cards and things like that. And those little touches, you know, make you memorable and I think make, people remember how you, how they felt. And so they're like happy to refer you.
0: That's definitely true. And I think referrals are a good way to see if you are doing a good job of serving your clients, because if you are, they're going to want to tell people about it.
1: Right. Yeah. And if you're, if you're not getting referrals, it might be, you know, it could be a, maybe you're not asking people to refer you, or maybe they don't know how to refer you. I know that is, yeah. When I wasn't super specific or niche down, it was harder to get referrals because I think people didn't know, you know, what I did enough to be like, oh yeah, she's a copywriter, but you know, there's so many different things that you need copy for. But now, you know, for email sequences, that's what I get more referred for.
0: Right. Okay. So can you tell me two things that you're loving right now? They can be business or life or both.
1: Yeah. So for business, I'm really loving using emojis and subject lines lately. I've just been having fun. Like um, you know, like I sent one. I had a, told a story about my hairstylist, and I sent like the little hair cutting emoji, and I sent like one about a deadline and sent the little like clock emoji. And I just think that they like stand out in the inbox. Like more people are using them, but they're not like so overused now that like everyone's got an emoji. And it's just kind of fun. And then for life, I've been loving my Pilates class lately. Uh, I started going to the gym just about like five, six weeks ago, and I have been really loving it. Like I wasn't working out before, but I was like, okay, I need to change something because I'm sitting all the time and I'm not feeling great. So I started going to the gym and taking Pilates, and I just feel so good when I get done with that class. And I feel like it's really good helping me with my posture so I don't have the best posture since <laughs> I sit at the computer all day, so I've been really enjoying that lately. Awesome.
0: So this episode, we're recording it in November, but it's coming out in January. So what are you excited for that's coming up in the future?
1: Uh, So I am in a mastermind and we have a retreat that's coming up at the end of the month. And I'm super excited to go to that because as amazing as it is, you know, being an online business and connecting with everyone from across the world, you know, over Zoom or Skype or whatever, I think like there's some magic to being in person and being, you know, in the room with other people and working on your business like that. So I'm really excited for that retreat and how that's all going to turn out.
0: Yeah. Those in-person things are a lot of fun, especially when you've gotten to know people already. So that'll be a really cool way to connect uh, without feeling like you're walking into a big conference where you don't know anybody.
1: Yes. I know that's really overwhelming. I've done a conference before that I just like didn't talk to anyone, but were, you know, the mastermind, we've all gotten to know each other through calls and through Slack. And so it's like, okay, we're all going to be like fast friends when we get to meet in person.
0: Okay. So my last question is where can people find you online?
1: They can find me at my website. I am uh, at proemailcopy.com and they can also sign up for my email list there and then get on my emails and get emails from me and find me in their inbox. Uh, And then they can also find me on Instagram. I'm at proemailcopy there as well.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I loved talking about this. I'm excited for people to really dig into what this can do for their business and how they can get started, even if it's just a couple of emails so that they can start serving their clients through
1: their email list a little bit better. Absolutely. I'm excited too, because it's such a great sequence to have in place.
0: Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the
1: show.